and welcome to another edition of the Read More Podcast, the show that brings readers and writers together. I'm your host, Marva Hinton, and it feels so good to be back with you after a long hiatus. Today, I'm welcoming Alice Faye Duncan back to Read More. Her latest book, Coretta's Journey, The Life and Times of Coretta Scott King, was just published today and has been getting a lot of well-deserved praise from critics. This picture book biography of Coretta Scott King is for readers from about 7 to 10 and tells the story of King from her birth and upbringing in Alabama, where her family faced racialized violence, to her college education in Ohio, her advanced musical studies in Boston, her eventual marriage to Martin Luther King, their work together during the civil rights movement, and how she continued that work following his assassination. Coretta's journey tells her story through various forms of poetry interspersed with prose. Alice Faye, so many people. Well, first of all, before we start talking about the book, I just want to thank you again for coming back on the show. We had so much fun when you were on. I think it was last year. Yes, Um, ma'am. So many people think of Coretta Scott King only as Martin's wife. Why did you want to write about her and dispel that notion? Well, Marva, you know, I live in Memphis and 2018 was the 50th anniversary of Dr. King's assassination. At that time, his children visited the city, you know, to do the anniversary um, ceremonies and memorials. Mm -hmm. And There was one memorial uh, service. I think it was like a memorial service or or it was a talk. And Dr. Bernice King, Coretta and Martin's youngest child, during the talk, she told the audience, she said, when you speak about my father, don't forget to speak about my mother. She then went on to say that, you know, we don't have the legacy of Dr. King as we do without Coretta. And she also began to say that Coretta herself, her mother, was an entity all unto herself. And I thought, you know, nobody really knows Coretta Scott King. We know the iconic image of her. We know that image of her on the cover of Ebony. We know the image of her on the cover of Life magazine. We know that image of the Black mourning wife and mother behind the Black veil, but we don't know the woman behind the veil. And so I went on this journey to find Coretta. Because, you know, I wrote the book Memphis Martin in the Mountaintop, and it is about King, his assassination, his uh, campaign for economic justice. And so I wanted also an understanding of his companion. And in the process, I found that their relationship was cosmic. It was divine. It was predestined, in my opinion, of course. While you were conducting all of your research in preparation to write this book, did you learn anything about Coretta in the process that surprised you? Yes, I did. What I learned is that when Coretta was very young, she was a petulant and a pugilistic little Black girl 
in the Black Belt of Alabama. Coretta is a middle child. And during her youth, if anyone, any peer, any cousin, any sibling, or uh, any classmate, if anyone disagreed with her, her first response was fighting. Her first response was using her fist. And so I thought that was ironic in that she grows up to be a proponent of nonviolence, not just as a strategy for the liberation movement, but she was a proponent of nonviolence as a way of life and a way of interacting with all people. And so that was un un uncanny for me. Another thing that I discovered about Coretta and Martin is that, you know, when I was young, when I was in college, I'm almost 60 years old now, but the Zodiac sign and astrology was real big. And you always want to know what people's, you know, what their Zodiac signs were. And when before I started the book, I said, you know what, let me look up uh, Coretta and Martin's Zodiac sign. And so I found out that Coretta is a Taurus, born April 27th. Martin is a Capricorn, born January 15th. And each Zodiac sign also has a planet. And so I discovered that Coretta's planet is Venus. And I discovered that Martin's planet is Saturn. And so Venus and Saturn, they actually converge in the cosmos like once a year, once every year. In fact, the next time that Venus and Saturn will converge, it is going to be March, 2024. And I thought, wow, that is a beautiful, that is a, a beautiful factoid, right? Um, and so when I was writing the book, I then approached the book from a cosmic or from the perspective of the cosmos saying that, Coretta comes into the world from the planet Venus, right? And so I follow this riff or this symbolism of the cosmos throughout the entire story until the very last Tonka poem. And, you know, and so that, so that was fun for me. Yes, I thought that was really beautiful and a great way to describe their relationship Another thing that really stood out to me about Coretta's childhood is how you mentioned that she was encouraged to have ambition as a little girl. And she was born in 1927 in a small town in Alabama uh, during a time when society certainly did not promote ambition for Black people in general, and especially not for Black women. We can owe Coretta's perspective and the way she moved in the world and interacted with Martin and other people. We owe that to her parents. Her her parents, her father was not, he, he did not rule as the king in this house. He did not follow the traditional pattern of American patriarchy. Yes, he he was the the one who worked in lumber and yes he was the one who built the home that they lived in but her mother 
had a say-so in the house and the children had a say-so in the house. The children were raised to have opinions of their own and the children were raised to have dreams of their own and the parents went about helping the children activate their dreams. And But what I say about Coretta is she was Dr. King's Black Barbie and in order to... um unfold her dreams she had to navigate the patriarchy because she lived in a patriarchal world even when it came to her own home uh dr king was like you know coretta aren't you happy being a mother and a wife and she had to tell him you know martin if that's all you expect me to desire to be baby no you're wrong and so she went on to be a crusader for uh anti-nuclear war, a crusader for labor rights on her own, a crusader against Vietnam. She did this on her own without um, without having to have Martin like right by her side. This was an individual pursuit that she did uh, on her own in the early 60s. In fact, when the Vietnam War was raging so in the early, in, in the early 60s, late 50s, early 60s. It was Coretta who was having conversations at the house with Martin about, Martin, you need to speak up about the Vietnam War. And Martin never did, but she kept that at the forefront of their conversation. She kept that at the forefront of his mind. And then we know in 1967, he finally does break his silence about speaking up against the, the, the war. And we also know how he became vilified at that moment, but it is Coretta who gives him the courage to do that. That was another really interesting part of the book for me, because as you mentioned earlier, we see her as the woman behind that black veil, you know, the morning. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, we don't get to see her so much as the leader and as someone who was in her own way, pushing her husband to speak out uh about things that maybe you know he was nervous about or maybe he just wasn't ready for yet. Um, but that really comes through in this book. And I think that's so important that kids get to see that. You know, I agree with you. And, and I also think that children need to see that the people who go into the world to do these brave things are actually just everyday average people doing bold things, you know, stepping out on faith and doing what is right. It takes courage to do what is right. And nobody in this world is superhuman. All of us are everyday people, but some of us, are daring to do brave things. And Coretta and Martin, they were two kinds of those people. Another thing I, I want adults and children to understand about Coretta is that you don't have Dr. King's legacy that now inhabits the, the imagination of every American. You don't have him hunting our imagination. You don't have him serving as this mythological, uh, indomitable hero without 
Coretta making sure that America never forgot his name. She did it as soon as King was assassinated. The next week after the memorial service and after the ceremonies, that very next week, Coretta is taking all of the artifacts of their home and she is intentional about creating a King Center that will not only memorialize him, but it will be a repository of research so that when for the generations to come who would look back on his life and say, who was this man, then there would be a place for them to discover his light and to discover his legacy, you know, to in the liberation movement. And what would you like to have your young readers take away from this? I mean, you mentioned the fact that they these were everyday people who were doing extraordinary things, but is are there other larger messages you want them to take away from this book? I want children to understand that there is no crown without a cross of sacrifice. That there is no success without struggle. And that freedom is absolutely not free. Alice Faye, this is also just a really beautiful book. Coretta and her family are brought to life through all of these expressive watercolor drawings by award-winning illustrator R. Gregory Christie. And I know that the two of you have worked together in the past. Um, as a picture book writer, do you have any say who illustrates it? And what is it that you like so much about Christie's work? The before... Before I write, um, not before I write the book, but after I write a picture book and I submit it to an editor, they often will, you know, come to me for suggestions as to who do you think would be a great illustrator? And for this particular book, Coretta's Journey, I absolutely wanted to work with Gregory because we had done Memphis Martin and the Mountaintop together. And I wanted to see how he would interpret Coretta and what he does, as you mentioned. He then, where he had worked in acrylics with, um, with Memphis Martin and Mountaintop, with Coretta, he works in watercolors. And, you know, watercolors ripple. And the book for me, the art reminds me of a dream. Like, it's rippling like a dream. It's, it's going back in time to give you not the actual, the event, but the memory of it. And so I am, you know, I am delighted that Greg had time and that he was able to apply his own vision because Greg lives in Atlanta. And so we're like two bookends. I live in Memphis, the place 
where Dr. King was assassinated. And Greg lives in Atlanta where Dr. King was born and raised and where Coretta Retta lives. And so, you know, I always, when when we embark on projects together, especially about civil rights and these two uh, icons from the freedom movement, I always, I always imagine that that Coretta and Martin themselves have uh, have insinuated themselves in our lives to you know to make the, these this collaboration happen, and so you know that's how my mind works. You recently wrote an op-ed in The Hill about the importance of having a library card and how public libraries can save democracy. You touched on the rise in book bans around the country. And as an author who has had her work banned or restricted, what is your biggest concern as you see this spreading throughout the country? My biggest concern is that this rising book ban movement is making a society of non-critical thinkers. The book ban movement is making a society of an ignorant electorate. It is hurting literacy because in order for children to be inspired and to want to have books, they need to have an assortment of books that interest them, not an assortment of books that interest their mother or an assortment of books that interest their father. And so as a parent, I want to suggest that they be intentional to take their children to the library and the bookstore and allow their children to read the books of their choice because the books that their children might want to read might not be available in that school library. I also, as a writer, I want to encourage other writers, while these are fearful times, but I want to encourage other writers to continue to write the books that they feel are important and needed for young readers. And so, I mean, I could have very easily not written the book about Coretta because I'm like, oh, well, you know, it's it's Black history and the banners are targeting Black history. But I felt that it was necessary and my editor felt the same. And I'm not going to modify the other books that I write. Um, presently, I'm working on a book about Robert Johnson, who is the father of rock and roll and the father of Mississippi Delta blues. He lived in a segregated South, but he also created uh, music that will never die. And so I'm going to write about him. And I encourage all writers, write what you want. And I encourage all parents, let your children read what they want. Well, Alice Faye, 
I thank you so much for making the time to come on Read More again to talk about your latest book, Coretta's Journey. Just a very beautiful picture book. You don't have to be a child to appreciate it. It's just a very, very lovely book. And again, Alice Faye Duncan, thank you so much for coming on Read More. Thank you, Marva, for this invitation to speak with you. And please, I encourage all of your listeners, if they want to read, hear more about other books from me, they can visit my website, Alice Faye Duncan, www.alicefayduncan, and that's Faye with an E. Okay, well, Alice Faye, again, thank you. You can also go to our website, readmorepodcast.com to find out how to win a free copy of Coretta's Journey. You can also help Alice Faye and the show by buying her book on our site. Please join us on Twitter at Read More Podcast and like us on Facebook. Sorry, I refuse to call it X. Join us again in weeks. <laughs> yeah, I just can't, I can't say that, Alice Faye. Join I know, us- I've got you. It's ridiculous. Join us again in two weeks for another edition of the show that brings readers and writers together. Until then, I'm Marva Hinton reminding you to read more.